0: You're listening to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers, with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. And now, your host of Just Believe, Brenda
1: Swift. Welcome to Just Believe Radio. I'm your host, Brenda, and we are here on 900 AM, the talk of the Palm Beaches, Monday through Sunday, every single day for you at 3 PM, and we are also on the weekends on through 103.9 FM LI News Radio in Long Island, New York. We do have a very important call-in line, a confidential line for those that are struggling with addiction or family members that would like to get some information about somebody they love, and that number is 877-309-3635. That's 877 Three oh nine thirty six thirty five. I would like to welcome to the show a guest that I was uh, blessed to meet through Melissa, the the uh, partners and spouse chat room um, guest that we had earlier this week. Um, she has a wonderful story that gives some insight as to uh, how addiction works in any segment of society. and I'd like to welcome to the show Jill. Hello, Brenda. Hi, Jill. I'm Thank happy you to be here. I'm glad to have you here. I know you have a very busy schedule, and we are a talk show about addiction and recovery. For those that aren't familiar, this is Just Believe Radio, and we do welcome guests onto the show that um, take their time out to share how addiction happened for them and that they have been able to recover and find hope so that those suffering out there know that they can do the same thing. Uh, We talked a little bit about your history, and and you do have a story that's um, not... The common one that we have on the show uh, where addiction was present in the family and continued into the individual's life. Um, Your background in in your home was quite different, wasn't it, Jill?
2: Yes, I come from a very um, normal, whatever normal is, um, middle class, uh, close-knit family. There was no addiction history. Um, I... My parents were divorced, but, you know, there was definitely no lack of love or family around. Um, I was, um, there were grandparents and siblings, and, you know, we celebrated holidays and everything together, Um, so there was no, like, early clue that addiction would hit me later on in life, so my biggest thing was was, uh, really to get the word out there that You know there is no stereotypical you know addict and you know I learned that when I got into recovery that um, you know there were people just like me who were you know middle-class mommies in suburbia who struggled with um, addiction and I wanted people to understand that there there are regular you know working Nuclear family, um, Americans, I guess, that are struggling, um, with this problem. And it's not just the homeless person, you know, living under a bridge. You know, I didn't really know that I was an addict because, you know, I still had a home and a house and, you know, children and family. And, and so it took me a long time to really accept that I had a drug problem because, I didn't fit the standard profile, and so I think people are afraid to admit that they're addicts because they, you know, don't don't lose everything. You know, you don't have to lose everything to um, get help. You know, I was one of the lucky ones and was able to get the help before, you know, I suffered any major disaster in my life um my disaster was my personal one where i felt like i was living in a prison in my head um surrounded by like the perfect life you know from the outside it looked like everything was was perfect and um inside i was you know i i lost you know my soul and so that was uh that was you know my my bottom was was just feeling so empty and lonely, even though I was surrounded by, you know, an abundance of family and love.
1: Absolutely. Well, one of the things that we we try to get the point across, one of the reasons for Just Believe Radio is to help to raise awareness about what addiction really is, and the fact that there is a stigma out there, just as you said, that Mm -hmm. was a really good point, about um, believing that the alcoholic is the brown paper bag uh, under the bridge or the, right. the addict is in the, you know, crack house or shooting heroin on the on the street corner. And, and that's not at all what we're seeing. Uh, I mean, it is certainly present, obviously, but um, we're seeing, especially with um, painkillers and opiates, uh, people mm-hmm. can innocently take something for pain even from a dentist and, and get hooked on it because addiction works that way. And that right. was similar to your experience, wasn't
2: it? Yes, I... I uh, my dentist was my first uh, drug dealer I mean he doesn't know that <laughs> right. but that's how it all started and um, I don't even know when the line was crossed to where I was taking it for the dental implants I had done or when I was just feeling good and I could get through the day so it, it was like a fine line and it was crossed at some point and um, it went on for about I'd say three years. Um, and it just was progressively, you know, worse to where I was like, you know, chewing pills in the car line going to pick up my children. And, you know, I'm really grateful that, you know, nothing terrible ever happened as far as, you know, a car accident or whatever. And, um, but it could have, I mean, those are all things that could have happened. I mean, I think about the things that I did to, um, support my addiction and, you know, it, the person I, I really am is, you know, it, it's like appalling. Like, I just can't believe I, you know, I, I uh, stooped to the levels that I did. I mean, you know, going, whether it was like going through people's medicine cabinets or, you know, lying to doctors, whatever it was, I mean, you know, I'm so, um, I'm such a rule follower, like in the rest of my life. And, you know, it just it brought me to a place where I was willing to compromise my morals to feed my addiction.
1: Oh, absolutely. And,
2: that, mm-hmm. and
1: for those and, that are just joining us, uh, you are listening to Just Believe Radio. And we are here on the line with our guest, Jill, We're a show about addiction and recovery and, and helping to raise the awareness about what addiction really is about and to help anyone that's that's got a family member or is struggling themselves to understand, uh, what's happening and what they can do. Um, one of the things that, that I heard loud and clear in what you mentioned is, is having the quote unquote normal life and, and Mm -hmm. having addiction just take over without being aware of when that, that point, that line was actually crossed. And that's so much of what we're, we're seeing with, especially the, the painkillers and the opiates is, no one actually knows uh, what triggers addiction for any individual, except that once the drugs are brought into the system and, and triggers the opiate receptors, et cetera, the simplest way to explain it is um, right. that it takes hold of us. and mm-hmm. like you said, there there was everything trying to look normal on the outside, and um all of these these things you still had morals. you still had you know all of the things that. People assume addicts don't have that we're bad people and morally challenged, and that's not the case. Addiction happens to anyone, and that progressed quite a bit for you, then, didn't it?
2: Yes, I mean addiction is truly a disease, not a moral dilemma. Um, I'm convinced that you know I I would have used drugs sooner if I had come across them, or if you know it just wasn't in my circle. It wasn't in the you know, the path that I led. I mean, I was, you know, a great student. I went right to college. I graduated. I got married. I had kids. Um, you know, so I, I just, I, I wasn't like that partier or anything. I mean, when I, when I was addicted to the pills, I was, al- I mean, I used alone. I mean, nobody knew it was a big, you know, big secret. And, um, you know, it was a full-time job keeping that secret. Um, But when I finally did get clean or come off the the drugs, which I did, you know, in my bed alone, and it was a horrific detox that I wish everyone to have, because I think that if you have a horrible detox, you won't forget it or you it'll be harder to forget. Um, So I, you know, I still remember it years later. And, you know, I just live on the assumption that the next pill is going to kill me. So, I mean, that to me is a, a deterrent. And, um, you know, I can't imagine going back to that, those consuming thoughts of being the first thing I think of when I wake up and the last thing I thought of when I went to bed. And it was definitely like the number one thing in my life. And, um, you know, when I got clean, I pursued the other um, dreams I wanted. And I went back to school again and I got a master's degree and I'm working on um, another degree currently, and in my profession, you know, I hear, I hear about addiction a lot, and um, you know, I've seen in in the, the recovery program I work that, you know, it's, you know, there's doctors, lawyers, pharmacists, all kinds of uh, professional people who struggle with addiction, and you know, it was really, I finally was able to understand who I was because I always felt like what was wrong with me. You know, there's nobody like me. I'm so different. And now I realized that, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I have a disease and I need to be aware of it and be, just be diligent about, um, you know, staying aware of my, my addiction, I guess is really what I want to say.
1: Absolutely. The one thing that I heard you say that is so important, I think, to point out to the listeners is, is that most people that think of addiction are, they blame the addict, that they tried the drugs the first time, or they, you know, let drinking get out of hand. And, and there is a sense of blame uh, that if they hadn't gotten into it, they wouldn't have the problem they have. And that's one of the things, you know, that's so huge and prevalent in in our country and the world right now is, is that like you said, you went to a dentist, and mm-hmm. and that that reaction for those that have addiction tendencies uh, is a it's a the simplest way to put it is an allergy uh, combined with a mental obsession that then right. craves more, and you have no yep. way to predict when that happens. And that was right. um, just that innocent going to a doctor and taking something that that then changed your life entirely is is exactly yep. the point we want to make. people that it can happen and if it's happening for you uh, it's really important to reach out and and talk to somebody about what the options are for you the number that we do have set up the helpline is confidential for anyone that that is in that position and it is 877-309-3635 and uh, the other point that you made that that I think all people that struggle with addiction felt at one point is that completely alone in the world feeling uh, like you're trying to present this this image to people that that is nothing like what you're actually living and that uh, just surreal existence of of making yourself look one way and while you know all this uh, other is going on with addiction that separates you so completely it sounds like it was very difficult for you
2: it was it was a struggle for me because I'm A control freak as many of us are and um, you know I have like obsessive compulsive tendencies in a lot of the things areas in my life you know whether it's exercise or food or school or you know cleaning whatever it is and that I could not stop you know using you know I, I really it was like I couldn't stop I was using when I knew it was wrong when I knew you know it it just went against everything I stood for, um, you know, I couldn't stop. And then it's like, if this could happen to me, like, this could happen to anyone, because I was, you know, just say no dr- to drugs, you know, in high school and all that kind of stuff. I was the, you know, I was that, that person that was, like, the, the good girl. So, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it took such a, a hold of me, and, you know, it's like, the using against your will, you know, just using it to feel normal. I mean, I, in the end, I mean, I don't even remember anything really feeling good. I mean, it just, I couldn't stop. Had to and, continue. you know, for me, I, I, it was, yeah. And just to lose myself and you know not really be able to make the decisions that I knew that I would normally have made, you know, was just, horrible for me. I mean, it was, you know, I didn't even know who I was. And then, you know, me having, I got married very young. And, you know, I followed that path that was presented to me of what I was supposed to do. So I never really figured out who I was. And then, you know, at 30, I I figured, you know, when I, when I realized when I was taking these pills, you know, I was numb to this boring lifestyle, so to say, that I was living because it wasn't really who I was. And, um, once I got clean, you know, I was able to really find myself and have like a, you know, a rebirth of some sort. And, um, you know, now, you know, I'm grateful to be an addict because I finally know who I am. And that uh, was, is extremely important to me. Um, you know, I don't advertise, but I definitely share my story. If I think it's going to help people, I'm not ashamed. Um, you know, but in my profession, I use it if I need to. You know, but I I don't. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody who doesn't need to know. So definitely,
1: definitely. And we do need to take a quick break, and and we'll get back uh, to the I, the hope that you have, and and just the uh, the insight that I think you're going to bring everybody listening that that what they believe about addiction is completely wrong most likely and we and we can shed some light on how the solution comes to we'll be right back
0: at just believe recovery center their highly trained staff has a combined 50 years in recovery and is certified to help with each client's individual needs the program at just believe recovery center brings those suffering from addiction and their families the understanding needed to begin healing from the devastation and begin the path To a new and fulfilling life in recovery. The staff understands what addiction has done to your family and that no one chooses to become sick. At Just Believe Recovery Center, with a therapeutic process and a caring staff that understands addiction, their clients can choose to become well. Go to justbelieveradio.com for more details and call their 24 hour hotline today, 877 309 3635. That's 877-309-3635 for caring guidance and an end to the pain of addiction now. Just believe there is another chance and call 877-309-3635 today. Welcome back to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. Now, back to your host, Brenda Swift.
1: Welcome back to Just Believe Radio. I am your host, Brenda, and we're here on 900 AM, the talk of the Palm Beaches, every single day, Monday through Sunday at 3 p.m. for you. And on the weekends, we're also with 103.9 FM, Saturday and Sunday, that's Long Island, New York, LI News Radio. And I would like to welcome back to the show our guest, Jill. Hello. (laughs) Hello again. And we are talking about uh, Jill's story is is quite unique. We haven't had one specifically uh, speaking just to having a normal, quote-unquote, normal life and then um, having just a a random prescription start start the ball rolling. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. as we talked about before the break, had... uh, Believe the stigma of addiction, and and that is why we're here uh, with Just Believe Radio, not only to help people to uh, understand their own issues that they're having, but to understand that addiction does not only affect those that decide to you know party too long or try heroin or come right. from an addictive background. And so right. you had you had shared that um, again the, the a dentist prescription started this uh, ball rolling for you. How long did the, your addiction actually last?
2: Um, around three years, I would say I was struggling. And I tried to stop, uh, you know, several times and okay, this is going to be my last one or, you know, I would allot myself a certain amount and, you know, that never works. No. You know, it just I, my, my great idea was I was going to go, we went on a family cruise every year And so my plan was that, okay, I'm going to get on the the cruise ship, and um, I'll have no pills available to me, and that's how I'm going to stop. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, this was like a nightmare. So, of course, I start, uh, you know, detoxing on this cruise ship, and thankfully, our first stop was uh, on U.S. territory. So I called um, my doctor, actually, and he had called in a prescription for me of a certain medication that would help with withdrawal symptoms. And then so that like ruined that family trip. And so we get back and, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because at that, at that point I had to come clean. And then a year later, because I had no program of recovery, um, the family cruise time went again and again, you know, because we repeat things because of the insanity that, okay, I'm going to stop. And, you know, the same thing happened again. So it's just, I mean, it was definitely, uh, you know, insanity of repeating the same thing and expecting different results. And uh, so when I got clean, you know, my I, I said to myself, "All right, I'm going to go on a cruise again, and it's going to be like my my victory cruise because I'm going to be able to go on a cruise and enjoy it and have fun, and I'm not going to have the last memories of my last family." cruise of me you know withdrawing and everything from from drugs so uh, you know a couple of years later I did actually end up going on a cruise ship and it was the it was the name of the ship was the victory so it was like
1: oh great <laughs> it, yeah it
2: was kind of uh, perfect and it was an amazing trip and and you know so now you know I have memories of my last few cruises being good ones
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And and just the, the contrast between uh, having to detox in a family vacation on a beautiful ship. Uh-huh. And yes. And how, how just bizarre the circumstances we end up in thinking that we can control what's going right. on with us, thinking we have the will to be able to stop it. And I, yeah. I always equate it to uh, trying 10,000 different ways not to run into the brick wall but ending mm-hmm. up just ramming right into it again and ending up in the exact same place again. And for those that are looking for, uh, looking to get some insight as to uh, what they may be going through and recognize some things that, that uh, Jill is sharing, uh, the number that they can call and talk to somebody is 877-309-3635. And you had decided, Jill, uh, just... To detox on your own, and I know that's very painful and also in some circumstances can be quite dangerous.
2: Um, I was just going to say I don't necessarily, you know, promote that or, you know, say that that's the only way or the right way. That just happens to be how it happened for me. I had the option to uh, go to a a center and I – because I didn't really know. I wasn't educated, you know, even though I'm in the medical profession, I just – I didn't know – and I didn't realize the risks of withdrawing on my own. You know, thankfully, it, you know, it, it was mentally hard. And, you know, there was some anguish that went with it, but I did survive it. Um, and it does, it worked for me because I certainly don't forget it. Um, but again, it's, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily advise that, especially coming off opiates.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for those that aren't familiar with what the process usually is, is, is a detox, short detox normally to get the chemicals out of our system. And um, then that kind of that begins the journey of, of learning how we got locked into addiction in the first place. And the right. what we call the causes and conditions behind it. And a lot of times, like, like you were saying, that that's the high control And the uh, which is fear-based. Most of us, we control things outside of us to try to control the fear on the inside. And just a whole host of things we learn are just like millions of others that are dealing with addiction, too. Mm -hmm. And that's the 12-step programs.
2: Right. I mean, I'm convinced that, you know, had I tried other drugs or seen other drugs, then I would have been addicted to those, too. It just, you know, didn't happen for me that way. So when I hear people share about whatever the drug is. I mean, I relate to somebody smoking crack. I can relate to somebody shooting up heroin because it's the same feelings um, and emotional despair that, that, all, that addicts can relate to. And so it really doesn't matter what the drug is. It's, it's that in, internal turmoil that we can all relate to.
1: Absolutely. And that that hole inside that you can't put enough drugs or alcohol into to fill mm-hmm. that we all right. experience. We are nearing the end of the show. It went really quickly today. Um, <laughs> if there's anyone out there that's in the same position that, that you were, um, is there any hope you can offer them that would give them the courage to reach out for help today?
2: Um, I would have to say that it was much easier to live free um, when outing myself than having to keep it a secret. I mm. mean that was it was worse holding it in and keeping that secret than when I actually did come clean. That I really did have a lot of support and love surrounding me, and you know that the fear of people, you know, looking down on you, you know, was still worse. You know that feeling that fear was worse than the actual coming out and 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 getting help
1: oh that's a good point because it there was a time where it was a deep dark secret and you didn't let it out of the home and and that that day is not happening now uh, there is help everywhere and there like oh, we God, mentioned yeah. before there are millions of us that are that yeah. think the same talk the same you know we have the yep. same. The same issues that got us uh, into addiction in the first place. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Jill. I, uh, did you have one more thing?
2: I, I had one more thing. When I share, I always end my shares by saying that you know I came into the I came into the room with, with a silver spoon in my mouth, but it was the plastic spoon by the coffee machine that saved my life.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's the 12 step (laughs) programs that we get to to continue through our life and be able to balance what life brings us and stay clean and sober. And it's such a gift. Thank you so much for taking the time out today. You have a very powerful message that we're excited to get on the air. And we'll hopefully have you back on another show as you as you go along. How long have you been clean and sober now? six years oh congratulations that's you're such an inspiration for those that think you they can't even get through a day uh you're truly an inspiration thanks for so much for being here thank you we are just believe radio we're here monday through sunday at 3 p.m every day for you also in new york li news radio 103.9 fm on saturdays and sundays and a very very important call in line for anyone that's hearing anything and doesn't want to feel the pain of where they're stuck anymore, please pick up the phone. It's 877-309-3635. And that is a confidential line for anyone suffering with addiction or their families that want to get help for, for them. And we are Just Believe Radio. If addiction is stealing your dreams, just believe there is another chance.